The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Global News has learned rates are on the rise. At least one insurer, Aviva, has sent out a bulletin to its brokers advising of across-the-board hikes of 15% starting January 2020. And that could go up, depending on driving and claims history. I know that a number of insurers went into the rate board for uh, rate changes. The Insurance Bureau of Canada couldn't tell us if all insurers asked for a hike, but IBC does justify the need for one. Insurers have actually been losing about 12 cents on average on every dollar uh, that they're taking in right now. So they've been paying. So there's certainly no money grab here. They've been losing money for quite some time. All right, so that from Global News uh, this week, and that's a story that's getting a lot of attention, as you can imagine, uh, that if we're all going to be paying more for our auto insurance, then that's money out of our pocket. I mean, Alberta does have a competitive marketplace. People can shop around. But if everybody's raising rates, then maybe that has limited effect. So you heard part of the explanation there. The Insurance Bureau of Canada uh, says that insurance companies have uh, been eating a lot of losses in recent years, uh, and they got to start making that up. So the obvious way to do so is to raise rates across the board. Now, it's unclear at this point whether that is going to be across the board, meaning that will every insurance company be raising rates? We don't know. And obviously, even if they do, uh, it's not necessary that they're all going to raise them by the same amount. But joining us to talk a bit more about what's going on here, very pleased to welcome to the program George Hodson. He is uh, CEO of the Insurance Brokers Association of Alberta. George, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. You're very welcome. Good afternoon. All right. So what's your understanding of what's, what's going on here? Um, it's not a lot different from uh, the insurance bureau that you uh, heard a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the dollar twelve that uh, she mentioned there uh, is pretty much for every hundred dollars that the uh, insurance uh, companies were putting out on average. It was uh, in terms of premiums that they were collect. Sorry, for every hundred dollars that they were collecting in premiums, the um, they were paying out about one hundred and twelve dollars in in claims. Um, and some of that is generally due to the fact that uh, claims have been increasing much faster than premiums have been increasing over the last few years. But is, is there any particular reason for that? Why, why would claims be increasing? There's, uh, there's probably a lot of reasons for it. Um, you know, something as simple as a, what used to be a, a $1,500 fender bender uh, that might have... Uh, cause you to replace your bumper is now many, many thousands of dollars because of all of the, uh, um, uh, because of all, all of the extra stuff that's on the, on the bumpers. Um, in distracted driving is now in many um, jurisdictions, including Alberta, uh, either equaling or outpacing impaired driving. Uh, uh, last year, or in 2018, there was over 23,000 convictions for distracted driving. Um, a lot of them, uh, the potential for accidents is quite substantial. Uh, injuries uh, have gone up about 40% in terms of uh, claims payout. Um, there's weather-related events causing damage to cars from hail, that sort of thing. So was the um, the 5% rate cap that was imposed by the previous government, it, it did allow mm-hmm. for rate increases, obviously capped mm-hmm. them at a certain amount. So you're saying mm-hmm. that, that that didn't allow companies to, to recoup those losses? 
Right. And, and that, that 5% was an average so uh, for per company. So, um, you know, some people would have, even though the 5% cap was on, some of them would have actually seen some um, uh, rate increases. But overall, no company could uh, r- raise their rates by an average of more than 5%. And so there's a need then to go beyond 5% is what this, this seems to be implying. It, 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 would, it would imply that, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of how widespread or how big these increases are going to be, is, is it too soon to say? I would say it's too soon to say. I think that the uh, the dollar twelve versus the dollar uh, of premiums, um, I think, would give you some indication of where the the average increase might be. Um, some companies may not be losing that twelve cents on every dollar. Uh, some companies will be losing more than that. Um, I guess if I was going to try and guess that the average increase would be somewhere above the 12 uh, above the 12 percent but the idea then that everybody is going to face 15 to 20 percent increases is that an overstatement that that would be an overstatement i don't think that everybody will uh some people will probably have no increase they may have you know they may have been uh people that got increases in in prior years um and uh in some cases maybe the company wasn't losing 12 cents on the dollar uh so i would expect that they would not be uh asking for or getting as as great an increase as others now, one other change that might result from this, in my understanding, then, that, you know, the requirement, for example, that premiums be paid up front or, you know, that insurers would cancel plans altogether, uh, is, is it possible that this change might also mean some, some changes to those approaches? I, I would hope that it would. I mean, you know, I guess two things that, that uh, two or three things that jumped out when this 5% cap was on is that some companies were canceling contracts with um, with their uh, broker partners. Other companies were not were no longer offering uh, payment plans to some, some clients. And in some cases, they were not offering um, uh, the non-mandatory insurance. Um, so I'm hoping that some of that will, uh, will curtail uh, because, uh, you know, that th- those those things were caused in part by the five percent cap. They can't refuse to uh, to write uh, mandatory auto because we have an all comers rule, but um, they can refuse to write section C and uh, refuse payment plans. Uh, so you think then that, that the ability to shop around that 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 still will work to Albertans' advantage? That that, that is key. Um, I think that. You know, if you know if, if you do get hit with a with a substantial increase, I think the number one thing that uh, that you should do is shop around. Either uh, shop around in terms of going to another insurance rep or having your broker, because hopefully you're working uh, with a broker, having your broker shop uh, your pre your uh, insurance policy around to. Uh, to the other markets that he has in his uh, in his office. But we also, on the other side, we still have the soft tissue injury compensation cap, don't we? Yeah. Um, yes, but it uh, has, there has been some court cases and whatnot that has uh, kind of put some holes in that cap. Um, so, you know, 
some of the injuries that in the past were minor are no longer minor. And uh, so I know the the previous government did a little bit of work on that to, uh, to kind of close some of those loopholes to try and keep the claims costs down. But um, I think the, there needs to be more work on that um, on that minor injury cap. All right. Well, we'll leave it there for now. How much more? It's IBAA.ca. George Hodgson, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you very much, and happy Friday. All right, to you as well. George Hodson, CEO of the Insurance Brokers Association from Alberta. So his assessment of what's going on here, what Albertans can expect, steps Albertans can take as well to try to minimize the impact. Premier Kenny addressing all of this today, and it was interesting, just at the tail end of the conversation there, we talked about the um, the, the cap that exists on, on soft in, uh, tissue injury payouts. And that was one of the arguments. That you have these court cases, people are, oh, my neck, and I need a million dollars. That's an oversimplification, but that was the the rationale for that, right? That we needed to put a cap on these payouts because it was costing the insurance companies a lot of money. So if we still have that, doesn't that also factor into these assessments of of what they're paying out? Because this was an attempt to limit how much they would have to pay out in the first place. So he suggested that there's been some ways around that. And that's what Premier Kenny was saying today. He says there are loopholes in that that uh, personal injury lawyers are taking advantage of. Those restrictions brought control to the cost of insurance in Alberta. Uh, But now, uh, as I understand it, uh, personal injury awards have been growing massively year after year after year, and that's ultimately what's forcing up premium costs. The, the, the trial lawyers have found loopholes through the restrictions on, on uh, personal injury awards that were established by the Klein government. Uh, well, okay, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have anything in front of me to suggest that's not the case. But if that's the source of the problem, then why not just close those loopholes? Why do rates need to go up? Anyway, for, uh, 780-496-0063, if you want to weigh in on that, whether you're seeing this or whether you've been put on notice that you might be seeing this. I mean, the other point that's come up, too, I mean, wh- why should everybody be facing an increase if there are, are problem drivers uh, that in the past insurance companies were limited in the amount of increases they could hit those drivers with? Should they be bearing the brunt of this? So we'll come back. We'll get to some of your calls and your texts. We're back with more right after this. Seventy zero four nine six zero zero six three. Auto insurance. I mean, the debate around auto insurance is often separate from government policy. But I mean, keep in mind this is a change in government policy that gives the companies more room uh, to raise rates, raise rates higher than they were allowed to before. Uh, so it, 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 there is a risk here, I think, for the Kenny government, right? Because when they when they talk about changes like getting rid of the carbon tax, they really like to emphasize, hey, you know, we're trying to make life more affordable for Albertans. That was, the, you know, the crux of the federal conservative campaign. We want to make life more affordable. But then how much do you end up wearing things like this? Oh, wait a second. I'm paying more for auto insurance. How is my life more affordable? Well, you know, the, the struggles that a lot of school boards are having now with what's happening with the budget. If parents are having to shell out more for busing fees and school fees. Well, how's my life more affordable then? So that cuts both ways, right? It's one thing for the government to say, hey, we cut the carbon tax. Look, the price of gas is down. That's uh, thanks to us. There you go. You're welcome. Okay, fair enough. But then at the same time, there are implications of other policy decisions that if it's costing people more out of their other pocket, that could come back to bite the government. 
So I think they need to be careful here. Uh, but the other question, too, is, I mean, do we have some sympathy for the insurance companies here? Uh, my guess is probably not. Uh, if anything, there's there's just a constant level of frustration that goes up and down a little bit, but it's more or less in the ballpark of, of general frustration. But uh, look, and I'll say this in, in all fairness, I mean, th- there is a legitimate point. And insurance companies, not just on the auto insurance side, I mean, you look at some of the massive uh, hailstorms we've had in Alberta or floods, fires, these sorts of things, right? There, there are costs on, on insurance companies, no doubt about it. Uh, but I mean, here's an example. This text from Mike says, boo-hoo, we only made 10 million in profits, not 100 million or whatever. They can't be happy with a profit. They should be glad they have a profit. He says, I've never heard of an insurance company going bankrupt. Well, I'm sure some have. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, are they making a profit? We heard the claim that they're losing 12 cents on every dollar they're they're bringing in. Okay, but that's still money they're bringing in, right? Uh, let's see, another one here says, part of the reason this is happening is insurance companies are getting ripped off by auto body and repair business. Uh, often going in as an individual, your repair bill would be half what they quoted for an insurance company. You know, and again, I mean, it's anecdotal, but I've heard that many times. That when it's uh, a collision, when it's something that the insurance company is footing the bill for, uh, that it's easy for certain auto body shops, not to cast dispersions on all of them, but it can be easy to say, well, hey, probably should do this, probably should do that. How much work can you tack on? So, like I say, I mean, I've, I've heard that complaint raised a number of times. I, I don't know how legitimate it is. Maybe it is something worth looking into. Another one here. This point's going to come up too. Why not just raise the premiums on the bad drivers? And there's some logic to that, right? That's what we expect to happen. You rack up a bunch of tickets, rack up a bunch of collisions, you expect your rates to go up. I would I would suggest that if you are in that boat, you should probably be bracing yourself for a pretty big increase. Uh, so I suspect they will. I, I think that's going to be a part of it. But what's the rationale to the people who still have the clean driving record, they don't have tickets, don't have accidents, don't have any of that? A text here says, so my 2003 truck warrants more? Why? Right, and that's the question a lot of people are going to have. Why? What has changed? I'm still driving the same vehicle. I'm still driving the same route. Like, nothing's changed. Still go to work the same way every day, come home, still driving the same amounts, no tickets, no accidents, nothing has changed. Now, the only thing that's changed is suddenly I'm paying more for insurance. It's hard for people to understand. Uh, Another one here from uh, Dave says, how long can you stay in business when you lose 12 cents per dollar intake? Um, Yeah, I'd be curious to hear how that figure breaks down a little bit more. If instead of earning a dollar in profit, you're earning 88 cents in profit, is that still 88 cents in profit? Or are we talking about uh, an overall loss? Right. What, what are the losses and what are the causes? Because we're also getting different explanations here. Part of it was, you know, distracted driving's a problem. And we're also being told that, well, it's the lawyers and the soft tissue injury lawsuits that are coming forward. Or it's natural disasters. It's too much hail damage on vehicles. So, I mean, what is it? What's going on here? I mean, I don't think it's unfair to ask the insurance companies to offer some explanation for what it is they're going through. And the other side of it, too, is for business, right? We're talking about individuals, you know, insuring your own car. But what if your business involves a vehicle or your business involves a fleet of vehicles? 
what's it going to mean for businesses? Uh, for example, Kurt Enders with Checker Transportation, a taxi company, telling Global News that their insurance uh, costs are, are millions of dollars a year. We just uh, renewed our insurance contract with a new insurance provider, and we've had a significant uh, increase. All right, and says that means a hit to their bottom line. There is a point where I am concerned that uh, we may not be able to afford the insurance coverage for it, and I hope that day never comes, but that is always crosses our, our mind. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's something else to consider here. But again, I mean, look, insurance companies are businesses too, and, and if they've got some legitimate points, then, then that should be a part of the conversation. Uh, another text here says, remember, utilities are being deregulated too. A carbon tax will be returning in uh, seven weeks. Thanks to Kenny, the province will have no say as to any use of the surplus tax collected. It says, Kenny is a poison to Albertans making less than 250000 a year. Yeah, we are getting a carbon tax back, and it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is from people. Because under the previous Notley carbon tax, there were very limited rebates that went up. Those rebates were targeted at lower-income households. Uh, so we will see it back. You'll see the, the sticker shock at the, the gas pump, et cetera. But there are going to be much broader rebates. So you'll likely be receiving uh, those those checks in the mail, too. So I think that's going to impact the perception of it. But it, it does mean additional costs for business, too. Uh, another one here says, yeah, you know, how much profits are the companies actually raking in? We want to see those numbers. It's one thing to say, ah, you know, we've been paying out a lot. We've been taking a hit. I think people want to see some hard numbers. So uh, there's going to be, I think, a lot of fallout on that. All right. So coming up after 4 o'clock, we're going to hand things over to Chris Brentlinger-Grant. Uh, we got two of us uh, doing Jalen's job today. Uh, Chris, what's coming up this afternoon? Oh, Rob, got a couple of things. I've got some Oilers tickets to give away. I also have to talk about uh, this really exciting promotion that's going to be starting on the station come Monday, where one lucky winner is going to be able to effectively join the Edmonton Oilers. They're going to be wow. in full Oilers regalia. They're going to get a custom jersey. They're going to be in the Oilers official team photo for this year, which I've never heard what? of as some sort of a, <laughs> like a giveaway or a prize, right? Like that's just unheard of. Wow. You're, you're going to get three VIP passes. You're going to get a pregame interview on our 630 Ched face-off show with Reed Wilkins at Studio 99 the day of the game. It's it's fantastic. You know, and hey, you know, a funny story. When I was 12 years old... Uh, I won a contest through the Edmonton Journal at the time, I believe. And there was about five of us uh, that won a contest to, to do. It was an open practice with the Oilers. So we had to go in the dressing room, suit up with them, go out, be a part of the practice, do a little scrimmage. Uh, I was 12, and I still vividly remember. It was one of the most exciting moments of my childhood. <laughs> so I can attest. Yeah, and... But I, I think that one outdoes, outdoes my contest. That's fantastic. The, I think <laughs> the only thing that I actually have ever won was through the North Shore News back when I was a paper boy in elementary school in North Vancouver, B.C. I won two tickets to see the B.C. Lions play, but I wasn't able to go because of baseball conflict. So I haven't actually <laughs> been able to uh, celebrate and go to anything that I've won before. Uh, I was joking with Jay yesterday that this is a contest sort of worthy of me quitting my job over just so that I might be eligible to win. As a transplanted Canucks fan now, uh, we're, we're working on being converted to Oilers fans. Oh, that's good. This is uh, certainly a good season to have moved here, but it's really exciting times. Uh, thinking about being in that team photo, Rob, uh, I'm going to open the text line here this afternoon and ask our listeners here in Chedville, what is the piece of sports memorabilia or 
something that you have that you've collected historically that means the most to you because if I were to be in this Edmonton Oilers team photo, that would stay on my mantle. That would go absolutely everywhere that I would live. I would never see that leave my house. I would pass that down to my kids. Hopefully they would display it prominently. So I'm curious out there, maybe it's a Wayne Gretzky autographed jersey. Maybe it's a Team Canada jersey. Maybe it's mm-hmm. something Eskimos related. But what is it, Chedville and Rob Breckenridge for that matter, that you have in your house that... Uh, is near and dear to your heart in terms of some sort of memorabilia. Yeah, I have a I have a Gretzky autograph. I have a Graham Fuhr autograph. Ooh, that's going to be so tough I, to I, I can't do yeah. anything with that. Yeah, well, so there you go. I, have, right. a, I have a Ryan Kessler jersey, circa 2001. <laughs> no one wants so that. I'll see myself out. There you go. All right, thanks, Chris. Chris thanks, will Rob. be in uh, after uh, uh, 4 o'clock. And, yeah, the Oilers back at it uh, tomorrow, a matinee against Dallas. And, man, Dallas has been looking good lately. So that's going to be a really interesting matchup, especially if uh, the Oilers come up firing like they did last night. All right, so that's going to do it for me here this afternoon. Uh, my part in filling in for Jalen and I here this afternoon. So Chris Brentlinger-Grant will take things over coming up uh, after 4 o'clock. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here this afternoon on 630 Chat.